Okay, good evening everybody. Um, actually, since this is usually uh, a bitachon class time, this during this uh, trying time, I have start that for whatever reason, I probably taped, videotaped, mp3 taped, uh, recorded myself many, many, many hundreds of times, and I think two or three times of the many hundreds of times uh, something happened and it didn't get recorded. And the other one or two times, I'm trying to remember one or two times, I didn't care. The last night I was actually, it did not record. Uh, I did care because I, there were people who wanted to listen to this share who didn't get to hear it. But then I said to myself, it, like, everything that should have been there should have been there to be recorded. Um, so for whatever reason, if it wasn't, it's Gamzula Tova. So I joined in all, like, like everything else that gets upturned. So that was obviously meant to be. If anyone does have a tape, then let me know. If you buy any chance, taped it for Zoom. So before we start, uh, we pick off where we left off last night. I, I just wanted actually, because I'm not going to, I didn't give a draw shot. Today's Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and I obviously with Rosh Chodesh Nisan, there's all kinds of halachas. You don't say tachanun in general. Um, there's birchas ilanos, the blessing on the, on the on the once a year blessing on the fruit trees, which I'll put in the in the in the the, the bulletin for tomorrow. I actually said it today. Um, but it's also, uh, was Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of Nisan, it's an amazing thing, the Torah tells us, Parshat HaChodesh, which we didn't, which we didn't read this Shabbos, but in Parshat HaChodesh it says, Hashem said to Moshe and Aaron, in the land of Egypt, saying, This month, the month of Nisan, it should be for you, the Rosh Chodeshim of all months, it is the first month of all the months of the years. So the Svas Amis, the, the great Ger Rebbe, the leader of Polish Jewry, about 120 years ago, Svas Amis says, the Gavald the Kazakh, says an amazing thing. He says, what does it mean? It's Rosh Chesh, it's the first of the months. What's so special about Nisan? What's so, what's so amazing about Nisan is, uh, there was a, this month that Kosh Baruch Hu revealed himself to Gantz, to all of the Kalah Yisrael, to all the Jewish people, as we, we note in the Saras HaDibras, I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt. What, why not say I am the Lord your God who created the world? Because we weren't there in the creation of the world. We were there when we left Egypt. Egypt, the leaving of Egypt, is the greatest expression of divine providence. Now, Kaj Baruch Hu not only created the world, but he's intimately involved in this world, and as we'll sit in a little bit less than two weeks, all having a Seder, and we're all preparing for that uh, tonight and in, in the days ahead, we have to know that what Pesach really represents, and what we start noticing in Nisan, which is the first of all months, is that God is involved in the world, and certainly uh, everything that's going on us around today, actually, I had a, a very fine gentile who's a uh, Actually, an ex-Olympic athlete lives not too far away from me, and he always likes to say the word Shalom, Rabbi, to me. So he's with his daughter today, and he, and he says, says to his daughter, Jocelyn, say Shalom to the Rabbi. Uh, so I said Shalom to Jocelyn, uh, and so, you know, I, I, I noted to him, I said, you should know, whatever his name is, you know, um, it's not just a God, it's not just God in the world, it's God for all of us. I didn't get to Divine Province Hashkach, but it was a message for all of us. And when we come to this month, where, where, where we recognize that the whole month, all of Passover, all of Pesach, is exactly that Nakuda, 
it's a reminder to us that we should that we're doing uh, in preparation for Pesach. It's not just cleaning the kitchen. Like we, we you know, I mentioned last night, this is a manashtana year. It really, and certain for certain people under certain circumstances, I was very uh, clear about that. Not many people do not need these leniencies, and some people do. Um, but for those people who do, and, and to the extent we are lenient, whether it's about the CM, as I mentioned last night, um, it doesn't change the fact that we're preparing for Pesach. And Pesach is all about seeing Hashem in the world and seeing Hashem in our lives. Uh, and as we're, everything we're doing, it would be so sad, you know, if we don't realize that those details. It always bothers me. It really, actually today, I, I'll tell you an amazing thing. I, I was actually humbled in a certain way. Uh, Frenna came with a truck of food to, they did a pop-up right in front of the shul. And they went north. So literally dozens, many, many dozens of people who came here. And almost all of them were Israelis. And Baruch Hashem, we have a lot, of, a, lot, a lot of Israelis that come. And they weren't these Israelis. These were Israelis from Cambria and Los Gatos, all around, who were completely, totally secular, at least for today. And they all came. I, was th- I, saw, I said to myself, wow, I can get people to come to my shear in the middle of a day. Uh, like that, like Freda can get all of these really, essentially, not even traditional, mostly secular Israelis. Like I would be, I would be amazing for that comment. So many people came, um, but you know, what? I, I, I always think to myself, we do get them on Yom Kippur. They do come on Yom Kippur on certain days of the year, and it always bothers me. Like we can do it also. We will fast on Yom Kippur. We focus on the fast, and we miss everything that Yom Kippur is about. We we can do the externals of Shabbos. All of the low sasas, all the prohibitions, and not live Shabbos. The essence of what we're doing and what we're learning tonight, uh, and why we're cleaning our house, and why we're taking away chametz. Uh, I, I can go on and on, and I have a lot to say about it, but this is just a hakdama. It, it's really to bring Hashem in our lives. It's that when we clean our house for Pesach, and we become Avdeh Hashem, and we don't want with the chametz, which, which you all know represents the Sahara. Uh, and we, we, we do the best that we can in our circumstances this year. We're, we're really saying to ourselves into the world is that Yesh Bayra Ayla is the creator of the world, who not only created the world, but is involved in the world. And that merit, we should to see miracles in this year. It says, as I mentioned, last night in this sun, we were redeemed from Egypt, and the Chazal, our sages, tell us that in Nisim we will be deemed in the future. So our, our actions, our deeds going forward should be. Really, a schos, and I, I honestly, as for the people listening online, the people who are in Meister Nefesh, to do all of the things of Pesach, uh, really is a true, true kiddush Hashem. It's a true schos for us uh, and for the Jew and for the Jewish people. So I want to pick up where I left off last night. You know, we discussed a lot of the house, and as noted, the kitchen really is uh, the most important. We did some of the appliances. Just uh, I, I didn't say this. I just want to, you know, I, I did know like around the house, all the crumbs. It's not that essential. But in the kitchen, I mean, not essential, assuming it's not edible. Uh, the kitchen, really, anywhere you touch, anywhere that's around, it's, it's just a very interesting thing. Uh, people are so, they're spraying all of their hands every time they, they touch a doorknob. <laughs> you know, so, somebody, like, they, they, they had a tara, so very few people for the past two weeks have been near the shoal. I mean, like, I'm not talking in the parking lot like today. No one's coming in, very, most of no us in the parking lot. Uh, but they had to actually pick up for the Hever Kedisha. Uh, somebody came tonight to pick up, there's a tara tomorrow. And they spray their hands, touching the door. 
they were so concerned for this COVID, uh, for the COVID-19, and rightfully so, they should do that. But we, we need to be concerned in the kitchen uh, that all knobs, uh, all the windows, anything that we could have had chametz or even residue should be straight. So the one area, again, which is really important to uh, focus on is the kitchen. Because uh, anything near food, you know, is much more stringent. Just to reiterate what I said last night, in the house to actually be liable to be even a vera for only chametz, you'd have to have a kazayas, which is 28 grams of edible chametz. That's really easy to find. You'd have to be blind to miss that in your house. It's really easy to find. Now, any crumb which is edible, uh, essentially edible crumb is not that in the, when you mop, mop your floor, anything there is going to be edible, inedible carpets that's uh, vacuumed, anything that's inedible. So you're not really going to miss anything. But with food, as we get back to what we're talking about now, with food, there is no bittle. As, as I mentioned last night, there's no nullification, which means even if you have a big, big, big pot of food, uh, it's not, and one little drop falls in there, the whole pot is strafe, and the, and the food in the pot is strafe, and the pot is strafe. Whereas the rest of the year, there's 60 times the amount, it's kosher. And biblically, if there's even a majority, if it'd be a big thing would fall in it, it would be kosher. Biblically, it would still be a problem. But Pesach, it's treif. So any little amount of chametz treifs up food. So any near food, if you be super careful. Um, be, be, besides that, for Ashkenazim, as noted, uh, there is no noisen tam lufgam. Noisen tam lufgam means that something that's, um, for example, absorbed in a pot. So let's say I have a pot and I cooked pig. Not I cooked pig, not you cooked pig. Somebody cooked pig by mistake. Or they put something which is treif in there. Uh, I will mention, it happened a couple of times this year, that there were products uh, that were at one point kosher, and I had questions because they lost their kashras, it, which, which is a reason to, to not, when you're buying in a store like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, don't assume that since they had it a month ago, it's still kosher. Those hechsherim are changing, even the OU sometimes comes and go, certainly on those types of stores like Costco, Trader Joe's, Whole Foods, it changes. Pars is a safe bet. Uh, but it happened is that they cooked non-kosher food, literally non-kosher food, because it had lost its hechsherim. So the pot is treif, right? The pot's normal treif. Well, after 24 hours, if that pot is clean, uh, if, if you would use that pot by mistake, you can't cook in that pot until you kosher it. But if by mistake you would have used that pot and cooked, let's say you traced up the pot and your spouse or your, your mother or father, someone visiting, came and used the pot thinking it was kosher and they cooked a delicious uh, soup or pastas, whatever in the pot, that food in the pot is kosher. Why is it kosher? Because of the principle of nice and tam lefkam. Nice and tam lefkam means that you're not allowed to cook in it. I'm saying the cliff note, I call it even a dumbed down version. You're not allowed to cook in it because it, it no longer has good taste after 24 hours, but it's still forbidden to put into the food. If you put in the food by mistake, by mistake, the food that's cooked is kosher. That does not apply to Pesach, which means as follows. If it's a pot or, 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 or your countertops, why do you have to cover your countertops? I mentioned last night about covering your countertops. Well, if food would fall on your countertops, there hasn't been chametz for five days. So you're in the fifth day of Pesach. It hasn't been chametz for five days. If food falls in there, it's treif. Why is it treif? Because of the principle of Neisintan Lafgam is not applicable in Pesach. So it's as if 
hot comments was on that countertop today. So, so that's why we gotta cover things. That's why to be super duper careful in the kitchen. Okay. So in the kitchen, make sure anything in the kitchen, your windows, your canvas, your radio, just at least Clorox wipe it. Clorox wipes do wonders, not just for COVID-19, they do wonders for Pesach. It's like, I, 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 you know, I was thinking this day, it's so amazing. The, the muscle that people are so careful today about their health. And again, it's really important because tonight we talk on shares how to live with COVID-19. But for Pesach, it's a good muscle for you and I. You know, we're, we're talking about the kitchen at least to be super duper uh, careful. And, and honestly, uh, when people are sending me these crazy emails about locations where they're literally on lockdown or where they're elderly people or uh, which are real realities and there have to be real len- leniencies under certain circumstances, you know, I see other people cleaning their house and scrubbing their house for COVID-19 or doing whatever. You know, again, to the extent one isn't a jam, I mentioned last night some serious uh, issues that we all have today. Many of us have kids home, which, which makes it much harder to check. Some of us do not have cleaning help, and we need the cleaning help, and that's very difficult. Some people have financial restraints. All of that taken in consideration, we should be consistent. Uh, that if we're able to be so careful for COVID-19, certainly for, for Hametz and Pesach, which is, which is so se- severe and such a serious thing, and really to show our Ahavas Hashem, we should try within reason uh, to be very careful. And again, the, the focus area is where we have food. So we need to talk about, we're up to, uh, we did the ovens and the stove tops and the sinks and tables yesterday. We're up to cutlery uh, and general vessels. So by cutlery, anything which is chametz stick. Now usually we have hagalah in the show. Hagalah is purging. We put it into the boiling hot water. Anything that becomes chametz stick, chametz stick meaning that it was cooked with chametz, it touched chametz, it was soaked for 24 hours in chametz. You put it into a dishwasher. Anything like that needs to be kosher for Pesach. Um, so things that are absorbed with hot, with, with hot chametz, with, with, with cooked, need to do havagala, need to be purged. So usually you have in the shul. Uh, this year it's not feasible and not possible uh, for many reasons to do it in the shul. So we're going to do it the old-fashioned way. For those who need to do havagala, you're going to have to do it at home. Now, typically, most people only do uh, Haggalah on their Kiddush cups or because today calorie is so cheap. You can buy a set of, of forks and knives for, as we say, no, bumpkins, nothing, not, not a lot of money. And if you're going to be making Pesach for year after year, it's a good investment and that's the best thing to do, to have Pesachic dedicated Pesach dishes. Um, that's the best and certainly, you know, that's great. But, there's Kiddush cups, you know, there's an idea at the Seder to, to really uh, put our best out at the Seder, to have our best dishes out, have our best things all, all, all on the table. Well, I, 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 you know, I'll just tell you my own, you know, what I do. I, I, the only I think I usually cost is my Kiddush cups because I don't, I have, I have a limited amount of Kiddush cups. I don't have silver. So I want to use that at least for the Hagafen and, and the Kiddush uh, so I, 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 for myself and for a couple of my kids, I have it. Usually, I have a lot, a lot of guests. Uh, typically, on the second night, I can have up. Besides my own house, which has a lot of people, for Hashem, I have like twenty people coming. So I have these cups. And those I keep every year for the guests uh, to to use. We also, my, my wife usually, to the first night when we got married, we put aside some of our wedding 
China, some families bought us, a lot of families combined together. We save that for Pesach. So we, on the first one at Pesach, we use that. Uh, the second on Pesach, there's no way we're going to do that because there's way too many people. But my wife is very careful to buy the most expensive, or I shouldn't say expensive, who cares about expense, the most beautiful uh, uh, plastic you can ever imagine, uh, throwaway, disposable plates and cups, you know, really... Because the Seder is malchus. We're supposed to serve Hashem. The, uh, Rabbeinu Tam was one, his grandfather, Rashi, was a vintner. Uh, but Rabbeinu Tam himself was a person who uh, some of the money he made was money lending, uh, which was a, in, t- in, the, in the Middle Ages forced on the Jews and uh, with the way some of them actually made a living. And he, he used to have, in the Marilla as well, he used to have sometimes, they didn't lend money to the peasants, they lent money to the dukes. He had sometimes gold goblets, Pasha gold goblets that these dukes had, and he would put it by his table to see these gold goblets at the Seder, to appreciate the Seder. So the Seder, we, we, some of us have, have cups, other people have, will actually have cutlery, some people have family heirlooms, some people just need, they need to have kasha things. So how do you kasha? So before I even talk about how you kasha, what could be kasha? Okay, so... Metals can be koshered. Stone, which is uh, pure stone, like granite or marble, could be koshered. Uh, wood can be koshered. Plastic and rubber, this is very important, by the way, plastic and rubber are questionable. Many Ashkenazim don't kosher at all during the year. Even more of those many, uh, don't, more than the many, don't kosher for Pesach. The general... Minog is not to kosher plastic for Pesach. Uh, Svardim, there are definitely more lenient opinions on the Svardim. So anything for Ashkenazim, for Pesach, the typical thing is we do not kosher plastic. Glass. By the way, Svardim, you know, I always say on Svardim, you get, they get slichas, uh, they have, you know, uh, certain chumras during the, the, you know, Yom Kippur, but Pesach, forget the kidneys. They're some of the psaka they have are much more lenient than us. Glass in general, svardim are made on, And therefore, there are many svardim who are lenient about glass. Uh, it, it, a, it doesn't set a problem, but if it's pyrex, pyrex, uh, which is cooked with hot, they'll kosher, and they'll kosher it. Uh, I, I, you know, um, I, I will, and Ashkenazim are completely machmer. I mean, we do not, we do not kosher glass. We do not use glass for Pesach. Anything during the year, which is used for hot chametz or around hot chametz. So if the glass is on the table where you serve things, uh, typically there is a way to kosher glasses, which is very impractical. Uh, uh, we do not do. Um, there are svardim because they're Benish Chai uh, and the Kafachayim were Machmer who do not use these glasses for Pesach, but Today, most of the Sephardic world follows Rabbi Vadya Yosef is that uh, Most of, most, and therefore will we'll either kosher glass if it's used for hot, or if it's not used for hot, even use glass without koshering it. Uh, but again, for Ashkenazim, it's metals, stone, wood, not for Pesach, plastic, and rubble as a general. Uh, Corel and Pyrex are glass, so that's out for Ashkenazim, okay for Sephardim. China, Corningware, Silverstone, Porcelain, Enamel, Tiles, not good for Svartim and not good for Ashkenazim. So if you have any china, uh, which is treif, is not, which you can't kosher it for the year, and you can't kosher it 
uh, for Pesach. Uh, in general, if you're talking about like calendar tops, just go to my kashring. For mica, Teflon, Corian, Melmac, they're all types of uh, plastic. So how do we, how do you do uh, an act of Hagala? How does Hagala work? So the way Hagala works is, first of all, I, I was asked this by a few people. Um, so, do you need a Hagala pot? Like in Shul, this massive pot, like you know. Those pots, whether they have in the shul here, those massive pots we could put other pots into, that was like the chulin pot in the Mir Yeshiva. That was like, in the Mir Yeshiva had thousands of students. I remember that the chulin pots were so big. But we're not in the Mir Yeshiva, and most of us don't have these massive pots, and they're not dedicated for Hagala like that pot is. So what do we do in our home? Any pot is okay to do Hagala. Any pot is okay, but you need a couple of conditions. The pot must be 100% clean. So you gotta look over the pot, there's no nothing on it. Now, a black stain which is ingrained in the pot is not stain, that's not food. That's that's just a burnt pot or you know, a damaged pot in some way. But if there's any food whatsoever, you can't use that for Hagala really. So it has to be completely clean and not used for 24 hours. Now it's a Hagala pot, it's totally good for Hagala. You need to boil the water, okay? You need to boil the water, not that it's hot. Not that it was boiling, but when the Haggalah is done, the water is still boiling. So the water needs to have a constant boil. You know, in Shul, when we do the, the big public Haggalah, interestingly enough, uh, sometimes we put it in there and I lose the boil, so I tell people we have to wait till the boil comes back to continue to do the Haggalah. So you, the, you have to be careful uh, that, that, that it's, there's a consistent boil. Uh, and now you have a Hagala pot, which is ready to go. Uh, suggestion. Now, if you don't have gloves with are heat-proof like we have over here, what I have done is I take a mesh bag, a sock, uh, you know, your sock bag or any kind of mesh bag, uh, and then, therefore you can dump whatever in there into the water. You put it into the water. This is a reminder, at, at the end we'll have questions. I think it's unclear. You'll, uh, everyone have the opportunity to ask. Uh, um, it, dump it into the water. It should stay there for approximately 20 to 30 seconds in the water so it can actually purge. I have seen people who think it's like tefillah's kalem. Tefillah's kalem, when, you, when you're kashering kalem for tefillah, you're putting the mikvah, it needs a, a second. You put it in the water, you switch hands, it's good for tefillah's kalem. That does not work by Haggalah. Haggalah, it needs to be purged. In order to be purged, the vessel needs to get hot. It's not enough the water goes everywhere. What has to be is that the, 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 the water purges the vessel. It, it, that is a necessity to do Hagalas Kalem. So, when you put it into the boiling hot water, you have to leave it, let it stay there for 20 or uh, 20 or seconds or, or so, and then, then you're good as far as Hagal. Once you take it out, the custom is then to put it uh, under a cold stream of water. So you'd have your sink water, put it under, don't touch it, and then you're good to go. What if you have a pot that's too big to fit into your pot? Um, so you would, could do part of the pot at a time, uh, and then the other half of the pot uh, to do in uh, at a time. Uh, if it's too big for anything, I would, it's very challenging to do that. Uh, so ask, email me if you were asking at the end, if anyone actually has that, it's, it's unideal. I would just buy a new pot for Pesach if it's too big to fit into another pot. But that's how you would do it. We generally, by the way, 
do not kosher from meat to milk. So if it's milk, you don't make it meat until you meet the milk. But on Pesach, if you're koshering anyways, for Pesach you can tra- change something, which is milchik for the year, and it can be fleshik or Pesach. That's not a problem. Okay. So anything which is uh, metal, which is uh, which is going to be used for Pesach or wood, or sometimes a stoneware, you would do hagala, uh, hagala. Uh, a couple other things, by the way, um, as far as some of the kitchen items that I just. Um, um, okay, as far as the kitchen items, um, do, what about dentures and bite plates? That's like in your mouth, and you, you, you constantly eat. People eat pizza with it, they eat hot foods with it, um, and they're now they need to use it for Pesach. So there are, certainly, there are those who pour boiling hot liquid over it, and that's the best. If you're not concerned about that uh, melting, and it shouldn't work, so... You don't have to put if you if you want you can put it into the purging water if you're doing hagala. Otherwise, you would take your you kosher sink as I mentioned last night. You would pour it over the dentures or on the bite. If that for every reason you're uncomfortable doing it, you should at least soak it for 24 hours before Pesach, uh, and you can rely on certainly leniencies uh, for that. A can opener uh, typically does not need hagala or any pulling off. Just make sure it's very clean. I, I mention this every year by candlesticks. If you keep your candlesticks on your table on Shabbos, so most likely or almost definitely over the year, some hot chametz uh, or touch it, or even if it didn't, the general custom is anything that's on a chametz table will kosher. So you have two options. Number one, just clean it and don't put it on your table on the Pesach table. Or number two, you have to actually pour boiling hot water over it. So most people don't want to kosher their candlesticks. So don't put it on your Pesach table uh, for that. Um, kitchen items that cannot be kosher, which is important. Anything used for, with bread-like things. That includes mixers, bread machines, baking utensils, crock pots, graters, utensils, uh, utensils with plastic handles, because again, the general Ashkenazi meaning is not to kosher plastic and certainly not in Pesach. Pesach, pasta makers, sandwich makers, toaster, Toaster oven, waffle irons, blender blades, all of that stuff. Just go ahead, put it in your chametz area where you're selling. Don't even clean it. If you're selling bread or bread, don't have to clean it. Just save your time, put it away, and sell it. Other things to make sure to put away and to sell are cookbooks, recipe boxes, used toothbrushes, benchers, benchers. Uh, books that you eat with food because they're going to have food with it. Uh, I, I, I've noted this before. Uh, one of my favorite Pesach stories, although it's not really a joke, um, is that I was once at a, a, a rabbi involved with JSM many years ago. I went to his house on Cholomoy to, to talk to him about something. And I'm in his house and I'm looking at the guy's wall. I couldn't believe it. It's Mamish Cholomoy Pesach. I'm looking at his wall. I'm looking. I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not sure. Like, He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, he looks at me like, is, is everything okay with me? I said, is that what I think it is? What are you talking about? It's like, call my Pesach. It's in his wall in his dining room. I said, is that painted macaroni? He had his kid's project on the wall, and on that project was painted macaroni. It was like Pasha macaroni. And they had been up there the whole year. They were so not thinking about it that they had their Seder 
with this painted macaroni on the wall. So things like painted macaroni, make sure to take away. away. Um, Play-Doh should be put away uh, for uh, Pesach. All of that stuff is uh, problematic. Uh, uh, Gloves, by the way, everyone should take gloves. If it's latex gloves, it should be without powder. That's... uh, that's that, that's uh, an important thing. Okay, other things. Dish towels. Now, dish towels, many people make the investment. They have dish towels or tablecloths special for Pesach, right? Special for Pesach. They have special dish towels or, or tablecloths. Life is easy. It's much easier to work that way. Uh, do you have to have it? Uh, the answer is uh, no. The answer is you do not have to have it. If you wash dish towels or tablecloths, Totally fine if it's washed with hot water, but this is a big capital caps lock. But if you're going to do that, you need to check dish towels and tablecloths. It would be a shanda, uh, it would be a problem if you have a tablecloth and it has a crumb which is embedded on it uh, because the crumb, even if it had went through the, the, uh, through the washing machine, it's there, it's a crumb. So since a, a tablecloth is put with food all the time, uh, or your dish towels are put with food all the time, you need to actually check it. It doesn't take a long time, and that's why uh, there are people who do that. Uh, the other option, of course, is to have dedicated dish towels or, um, or tablecloths. Your, bath- your bathroom towel, your hand towels in your bathroom is no problem. We're not worried about that. That's not near food. We're talking about your dish towels or your tablecloths, you're having either food going on, or you're what? you're making hamoytila, you're alatil sedayim, and then you go eat your matzah, and you use your dish towel. You're gonna pick your dish towel up, and you're gonna pick your pot, your paste, and pick your pot up, and it has a crumb on it. Uh, that could be a problem. So you do not need to have pesach thick ones, but if you don't have pesach thick ones, you need to check them with your eyes and make sure um, they're good. Um, I'm looking at my list. I don't, I'm, I'm shocked I didn't do this, but I don't think I did it last night. If I did, I'm gonna repeat it. Uh, fridges and freezers. I don't know why I did this out of order, but I have it over here. Fridges and freezers. So, um, fridges and freezers are places you put food. Uh, most people don't put food uh, directly on the racks, but you put hot food in there. Many people, Friday night, uh, when the recipe is ready, it's not recommended for the fridge, but the reality is people do do it. Uh, it stores there for 24 hours. It can be spills there. So the fridges and freezers should be cleaned thoroughly and very well. Um, actually, I actually have my notes from her. One of the, I took smicha by Rabalski, who was Rashiva Torvadasan, one of the two postkin for the OU. I remember, one second. Oh, yeah. For the rubber gas gasket on the fridge door, so he, uh, for the, it's like accordion folds, you know. Uh, he said the best thing is to take a Q-tip to dip it in ammonia or Windex and clean that uh, rubber gasket. All the dirt on the sides of it, Clorox wipe probably works uh, pretty well. So it should be cleaned thoroughly. Um, and there, as opposed to the cabinets, I mentioned it's a nice thing to put newspaper or contact paper. The refrigerator, really, you should cover anywhere the food's going to go directly. So all of the racks should have either newspaper or contact paper or aluminum foil. Uh, I see a la- good friend, Laser Kazdin, who I'm missing the show, Mr. Recycle. Our, our good friend Laser, he'll take all your aluminum foil. He'll recycle it for you if you don't. You can, you, you should could use aluminum foil as well uh, to put on the racks of the the, the refrigerator. So make sure it's clean well. Now, 
I mentioned last night that this year with the mechira, with the sale, um, you know, be very, if it's challenging because your kids are home, sell any area you're not using, just sell. And I said preferably do two sales with me. Do a regular sale for the, the things you're going to use the night of the, the 14th. And if you're going to be selling completely, you're not going to check your garage completely, do a, 13, a day 13 sale for that. If you're selling part of your fridge or freezer, totally fine. You can put that on your sale. Just close it off completely. Just, you know, um, make sure it's completely covered. What should not be is like I've seen over the years or people have shown me pictures or told me stories about is they'll sell the drawers and they'll put their bread in those drawers and they'll tape it. But you can see the comments. Like you can see through the drawers. You see the comments. You, you go for your pace of food, you see the comments. It should be completely covered. They should not see any comments uh, on Pesach that's in your fridge or your freezer. But it's no problem as long as that area is completely covered to sell uh, those areas. And if, the, if you're selling those areas, no reason to clean it, right? So the shelf which has the comments, it's a little ridiculous. I'll clean that shelf and I'll put bread No, you don't have to clean that, that shelf at all. That's being sold. The area that's being sold, you're not going to own. No problem. Um, microwave and dishwasher. Microwave and dishwasher. So, you know, usually microwave you can kosher. There are coolers about kosher and microwave. Oh, microwave. Anytime you kosher a microwave, you're relying on leniencies. Um, I've done it myself. For sure, there are leniencies to kosher a microwave. I happen not to like it on Pesach. It does not cost a lot of money to buy it. If you're only making Pesach once in your life, I hear. But I, I get it. So if you have a microwave, I'll tell you how to kosher it. Um, you know, the, 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 you would take a cup, uh, a styrofoam, or, uh, again, Larry's on the phone, so you get like a hot cup, which doesn't, not a, not a, not a coffee, but a hot cup. Uh, or a styrofoam. Happily, styrofoam's not healthy, so besides the environmental issues, one of those two cups work for uh, the kashring. You put it there for 15 minutes, okay? Uh, and, and, and you let it boil, and the steam goes, uh, and then you take the cup, uh, and you do it again. You move it. Why does it move it? Because where the cup was, that area did not get kashered. It can do that for 10 minutes. Uh, and then your microwave is kosher. It does not kosher the glass plate or anything rubber. So anything glass or rubber should come out of the microwave. Uh, it's in it. Now, if you want to keep the glass plate, some say, I don't like it, but you can take with uh, uh, a handy wrap, whatever it is, you can cover it. You can double cover the glass plate with handy wrap so nothing's touching it directly. You can rely on that. I, I, my own experience is that that stuff blows up in the microwave and it's better to rely on it to get the glass plate for Pesach, but it is a suggestion uh, that's made. Dishwashers, if it's a plastic or porcelain dishwasher, it cannot be koshered. If you ask me, a metal dishwasher cannot be koshered at all. Now, I, you, people will tell you that, that if it's a purely metal dishwasher with metal racks, uh, technically speaking, you can kosher it, and that may be true with some serious leniencies, but I honestly, if you look at any dishwasher, I honestly do not think you could clean it well. Uh, if a person would literally have a significant need in this year, uh, they should ask a personal question, and maybe they can rely on those leniencies. It's just a really big leniency to kosher a dishwasher, especially for paints like any amount. I mean, there's no way, there's holes where the water comes through, which are impossible to clean. 
Again, most people do not have all metal dishwashers, and even if they do, they don't have the metal racks. If you do have that, technically there are those who are, who are lenient. I, I, I don't recommend it, personally, uh, unless you have it. Again, there are people who, if you tell me, an elderly family, people who are sickly, per, person who has a legitimate reason that they can't wash their dishes, uh, they have shalom bias issues, they have whatever, so then uh, there are, is what to rely on, but honestly, it's a big jump to say that you can clean a dishwasher. Uh, it's not the cooler that I would recommend. Most of the major hachshirim never kosher uh, dishwashers for that reason. Okay. Uh, I mentioned, I'm sorry, uh, the dining rooms, uh, just to, to remind you, tables need to be, eating tables should be cleaned thoroughly, covered probably with a contact paper, and then with like a plastic uh, tablecloth. Uh, the chairs and high chairs I mentioned last night, uh, couches and recliners should be moved and vac- vacuumed. Bedrooms I went through, and I went through the, uh, okay. Um, porches and yards. So, the, the, usually before, a few days before Pesach, um, you know, if your kids, come, this is actually important for the parents over on, on the phone, I'm with you, trust me, I have my house uh, to worry. I have a lot of kids uh, in, in my house coming and going. It's certainly a challenge. Uh, if a kid uh, comes in and out with chametz, I really don't think you have to kosher anything again. Just take the chametz and take it out, unless some kind of tragedy happens and ask a personal question. Uh, but what happens usually is three, four days before Pesach, things are kosher, and people eat outdoors. They go to their porches, they go to their yards. Anyways, everyone's desperate to be outdoors. My wife told me this is so true. It's a mom show muscle lesson. She walked in the creek today, and usually she says... My wife is one of these tzaddikas of a ladies. Really, I live with her. She's a tzaddikas. Uh, she says hello to everybody. And she's like, almost nobody says hello back. Like, nobody. She said, today she's on the creek. Everyone say hello. How are you? People are just happy to get outside and see people. Like, like, literally, people are so desperate to get outside. Like, I have people waving across the street for me. Usually, people walk by you. They say, good morning. Uh, people are like, waving. They're so happy to have connection. They're so be happy to be outside. Well, so in a normal year, three or four days People were eating outdoors. So this year, people want to eat outdoors. Well, it's fine and dandy, uh, but you have to make sure uh, to, that that area where you're eating is cleaned afterwards. That should not come. So you got to check here. What you can do is you can just if it's not if it's grass, you can pour water. Uh, just check there's no pieces. Usually, people are eating on a floor. Uh, so you put some soapy water, and then you're good to go. But you need to make sure there's no crumbs. Don't say I'm relying on the birds. There's could be really chametz on your property doing it. Uh, likewise, garbage cans and garbage. So, whew, now, I, I think Pesach is Wednesday night. I, got, I think it's Wednesday night. Um, so, my pickup is Wednesday. So, if, and usually come in the morning, you can put the garbage out, uh, make sure the garbage is picked up, offer your, put it off of your property. Uh, there are those who are careful to actually clean the garbage cans uh, and have no chametz in there before Pesach. And that's certainly uh, praiseworthy if you're able to do it. But if you're going to have chametz, in your garbage can, make sure it is off your property on the public street. Otherwise, it's your problem, right? Um, unfortunately, again, since Laser Cousins on the on, on the thing, uh, he, you can show the Amachad garbage. There's plenty of chametz, edible chametz in our garbage after every kiddush and after every shalshidus. I am positive that almost all of you and myself have edible chametz in garbage in the garbage as well. So make sure going into Pesach, that if you do have that in your garbage bag, it is off your property. At least you can rely on those opinions. If it's on your property, you actually have to sell it, but you can't sell it because 
can't throw the garbage can, so um, don't do that. Get the move the, the basket off the property, or get rid of those bags when they, by the, the by the garbage pick up pick pick up. Um, let me just see what else. Tables I did. Um, okay, yeah, just a couple more questions, and I'll then I'll open it to all of your questions. Um, okay, put away the plastic washing cups. Um, if you now now not the plastic washing cups or the washing cups in your bedrooms or in your bathrooms in your house, but where you eat, where you eat your washing cup that sits in your sink that you do all to the dime is around chametz the whole year. It cannot be next to any other Pesach. So what we do is we do a, a switcheroo. We take the kitchen one and we put switch it with another one where you don't have to do anything. Uh, if you don't have another one, you figure, do, do, do not buy one for $3 at Pars. There's plastic washing cups. They sell for $3. Buy a new washing cup for Pesach. You cannot have the washing cup uh, that's out if it's plastic throughout the year uh, by your chametz and around chametz constantly for Pesach. If you have a pure metal one, or I actually have a couple all metal ones, you can kosher that, uh, or you can pour even boiling hot liquid. It's not being cooked. No one's cooking in your washing cups. If you pour boiling hot water, it would purge it as well. But you do have to uh, be be careful with that. Um, hot plates, very popular question. My brother even called me about this from Florida. Hot plates, uh, 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 you know, non adjustable hot plates, which we all use for Shabbos. Or so what you would do for a non-adjustable hot plate is we clean it thoroughly and just double co- cover double cover it with aluminum foil, and then you can, after cleaning thoroughly, you can use that uh, for uh, pay, for Pesach. Uh, a blech itself, the the blech, you'd have to use a blowtorch, like I'm just get a sheet of metal. It's not worth it. I don't think most people are going to go ahead and do that. Uh, if anyone has a barbecue, ask me privately. It's that most barbecues are very, very challenging and not recommended uh, to clean. So I would not recommend uh, doing a barbecue. I think I have covered everything that I want to cover. And now I'm going to open up to questions. So this is, I'm going to unmute everybody. I'm trying uh, to figure out how I do it. I think if anyone has a question, just send me your, uh, on a chat, uh, you have a question, and I will call. I'll, I'll call on you, and then you can tell your question that you're sharing with everyone on this call, and who knows who in the future. So just send me chat if you have a question. Uh, don't say the question; say I have a question, and I'll call you out. If no one has questions, then life is good, or life is not good. You're just asking questions. No or you can ask it. if you know one's saying chat. Just say Rabbi Levine, and I'll call you. Um, no questions. I don't, understand. I don't understand the chat thing. Okay, you have a question, Mrs. Klein. Oh, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I, I want to go back to last night about the sink. Got it. Um, we cover our sink. I mean, that's what we we do. We 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 can kosher it, but we don't. Um, do we need to wait twenty four hours to be sure it's dry before we before we cover it? You 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 do you kosher it at all? We clean it thoroughly, and then we pour we pour boiling water on it, but we don't kosher it. We cover it completely. So so let me just let me just say what you do, and then I'm gonna re, you know, and then just for the people listening tonight, and those do this in the future. So we mentioned last night if it's a, if it is a 
all metal sink. So what one could do, one should do, is make sure it's completely clean, not used with any chametz for 24 hours, um, and then uh, and then pour boiling hot water over all parts of where the boiling water goes. That's that's good. Now sinks are a really sensitive area for Pesach, uh, and therefore there are people who are very careful to either put inserts. Uh, or if you have a porcelain sink, you're stuck. You can't kasha that. Uh, so you put inserts or they'll put contact paper. Or some people will not use boiling hot water on Pesach to do that. So what you're doing, Mrs. Klein and, and Howard Klein, uh, you're kashering and then putting contact paper. Is that correct? Yes, it's like... It's, it's corian. It's corian and we, 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 we clean it and then we put it on contact paper. Yeah, the, so once you clean it and do that, the, the, yeah, I, yeah. Just have to make sure if you see it bubbling up that you should put you should put new contact. The challenge with contact paper is that very often it bubbles up, so then you have to put a new one on it, and then you should just be be careful if you're relying because you know, you can't cash your sink. To the, the contact paper should really be covering it, and I would actually recommend not to use very hot water. If you use very not hot water in that situation, you're totally fine. Okay, clear. Okay. Now, after, it has to be 24 hours after Summits was in that sink. Well, to, for the, for, to pour, yeah, for if you to, if you're gonna for for pouring the hot water, correct. For putting the contact paper, no, you can put it once you right. pour the hot water and it's dry. Don't do it when it's okay. wet. Then no, you're good no. to go. Okay. I see Rachel Sidorovsky has a question. What's your question, Mrs. Sidorovsky? Yeah. Um. I have a sanitizer which has ethyl ethyl uh, alcohol in it. What do you do with this? You buy a sanitizer without ethyl alcohol. It's Purell. Well, now it's uh, you have if you buy anything. There's there's a tzaddik on this call. His name is Charlie Galant. He can tell you how to make sanitizer. It does not have ethyl alcohol. He gave me tons of this stuff. So there are ways to do it. If you would have no choice, there's what to rely on, as I said yesterday. But we we have choices. So Moshe finds it holds an ethyl alcohol. Uh, if it's it, you know if it's sanitizer which is thick, so then it's just a custom because you can't distill it. If there's if it's made like a like a shampoo, then it probably is okay. Uh, but I would just say uh, you know if it's if it, you know if it's like a shampoo, then the minig is not to use it. I mean we should be using sanitizers. Don't don't get me wrong. So if you have no choice, I would say you can rely on it. But we're two weeks away from Pesach. There are still choices. I would try. There are Purell doesn't have it. There are homemade way things that just work just as good. Chaimblind just emailed isopropyl. All of these things are easy way to make uh, just as good and cheap ways to do hand sanitizers. Uh, if you had no choice, though, I would say that you could rely on it. You do have a choice. At least that's my belief. Okay. Okay. So, is anybody can write how to make it? Chaim uh, Gallant, Charlie Gallant, can tell you how to do it. Uh, 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 okay, just you. to answer Moshe Snyder, 77, isopropyl alcohol is always okay. Uh, Noah Greer has a question. So when something becomes trade via Chametz and Pesach? Oh, no. So to answer Noah's question, good question. Now, interestingly, here's a very interesting thing. Noah wanted to know if something becomes trade, if a vessel... Let's say a vessel hits, Chametz hits a vessel on Pesach, it's 100% treif. Does that vessel stay treif after Pesach? No, it's, it's a Chametz stick on Pesach, and after Pesach it becomes kosher. Even though it's so serious on Pesach, what 
does not become okay after Pesach is the food. If you cook in a vessel, uh, we know that chametz, she'over of Pesach, if you own whiskey and you do not sell it, or you go to a store owned by a Jew, whoever is making that crackling noise, you can be careful, please. Um, uh, if, if somebody goes to a store owned by a Jew, and the store, uh, the, the store uh, is not sold for Pesach, that whiskey, that beer, that bread, those crackers and crackers, they are forbidden after Pesach. Uh, that's why I, I sell royal liquors. Um, but, so if you own chametz on Pesach, if you, I always say this, and I've got many good Jews to sell their relatives things. So their, relative, their mother or child or brother or cousin does not want to clean for Pesach or sell their chametz for Pesach. So I say, that's fine, but you should tell the, that your, your mother, this guy's a balchuva, that when you go to visit her house six weeks later, and she owns beer or Cheerios, even though there's an OU or there's an OK or there's a star K, it's tray for you, because they own that on Pesach. So any food which is owned on Pesach, or any food that's cooked with chametz on Pesach, is treif. Only, only, uh, uh, only the vessel is okay. But any food that's owned on Pesach, or made on Pesach, which is chametz stick, is forbidden after Pesach. So that's very important, by the way. So even though the vessel will be okay, any chametz, it's not sold. So if you have a cousin, brother, son, daughter, friend, foe that owns chametz at Pesach, you should try to get them to sell it. If they're not, if they don't care about their own soul or they don't know enough, mostly don't know enough, at least tell them you can't eat their food unless they sell it for after Pesach. Anything that they own on Pesach will be forbidden to you, which means usually um, schnapps, whiskey, bourbon, all of that owned by Jews that they did not sell on Pesach is forbidden. So you can't go to people's house we're not from and sh- drink their schnapps or beer, uh, certainly right after Pesach. Uh, in New York, there are certain stores people do not shop in after Pesach because they're 100% or majority owned by Jews. So that's something to keep in mind as well. I see that Rachel Sadovsky asked about a barbecue. Yeah, if you're not going to try to kosher a barbecue, a grill, which is really challenging to kosher most of them, sell it. Yeah, anything which is chametz, you should, uh, or use with chametz. What you're not going to use, do not try to clean it, you know, unless you want to be a tzaddik or tzaddikis. Just sell it. And again, I don't sell vessels, because if I sell your barbecue, you'd have to uh, tovel it afterwards. I sell the chametz that's in the area around your vessels. Again, my sale, which will go out tomorrow, the forms will go out tomorrow, and instructions, so no reason to talk about that now. Uh, I, do, uh, I sell to a, uh, a Harvard, uh, not Penn, but a Harvard, Harvard's not better school also, Harvard uh, grad uh, lawyer who works for Wilson Sansini. He's a very bright guy. He always tells me he loves chametz. He's he's a bucky in it. Uh, he works with lots of Jews in Wilson Sansini, and he's very happy. He and he actually could afford it and knows how to negotiate. You know, uh, he represents a lot of big companies. So I will sell the areas around it. I will sell the chametz. I do not sell the vessels, but you can put the area of the, the barbecue and the under thing. I'm going to sell the area uh, around it. Okay, any other question? Oh, so Noah has a follow-up question. Uh, by the way, if anyone looks at the chat, Chaim Galan is explaining how to make your own sanitizer. Uh, does this mean that if I forgot to sell weed on Pesach and they cooked with a, a pot, does it mean the pot is not kosher? The answer is yes. Good question. If you take wheat or ingredients that you didn't sell, or, now by the way, Bidi Evan, if you sold, if you make a sale to me, 
I include things in your house. I, it's, it's not so simple to rely on, uh, but there is what to re- talk about. But if you did not sell your chametz, or you took wheat that somebody did not sell, uh, or an ingredient that's not sell, and you cook it in the pot, you have to rekasha the pot because that ingredient was not kosher. Okay. Uh, any other questions? Anything Pesach related? Now is your chance. But just remember, being taped. Tonight, tonight you're being taped. Are we good? Yeah. All right. Amazing. Everybody, we will resume. Actually, just tell them tomorrow. We'll resume Sunday night. Next week, my plan is to do every night on Bitochan. And, and really, it's, you know, I, I, at some level, I'm going to just share my own feelings right now. I feel more prepared for Pesach spiritually this year than ever before. I feel really there's impossible not to see Hashem in this world. It's impossible not to see Hashem in our lives. Uh, the Bitochan that we're working on certainly is a great preparation for Pesach. And all of the things we learned tonight, doing the Lamaisa, the actions of preparing for Pesach, it should be a schutz for all of us that we should have truly a chag kosher, v'samech, and we should have a chag where we truly see this year Hashem in our lives and Hashem in the world. Okay? Have a good night, everyone. And we can follow up with other questions. Uh, next week, you'll see, uh, when you do your sales, everyone will have an opportunity to call me. You have 10-minute slots to appoint me uh, to do the sale. So if you have any follow-up questions, that's a good time to ask in person then. Or you can shoot me emails at other times. Okay? Have a good night. For those that don't speak to a good Shabbos. And we'll, we're looking forward. Okay? Call to Bye-bye. Thank you. My pleasure. Good Shabbos to all. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Good Shabbos.